Yo, what's going on, PJ? Back with another episode, man. Oh, hey, Ultra. Another episode, bring you another episode, bring you another episode of the point for today. It's real cold. It's real cold. It's real cold. You're you're all snowed in. You uh, make any snow days, angels? Few more days. 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 Few more days up here. So I'll have plenty of opportunities. How about you? It was no. It's forty degrees here. It's pretty warm right this on this day. It's like raining. There's a bunch of wind. I have a cold though, so you know, in a way, I'm cold. So did uh, did you run into Derrick Rose in Chicago yesterday? Ooh, by I didn't. I did not. Uh, I did. Uh, just I did avoid the Obama motorcade, the block off by about twenty minutes or so. So we're feeling pretty lucky about that. Uh, I did not see Derrick Rose though. Um, he was kind of in and out pretty quick. Uh, but no one knew he was here, so it was tough to keep your eye out for him. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, yeah, so we're taping this on uh, January tenth on a on a Tuesday. Although this week's been so slow, it feels like it's it's later in the week than that. But uh, we're excited to talk about some more NBA stuff with you guys. We finally got a trade, PJ. We have a trade, and it was before I could even propose my Wilson Chandler trades. We have a trade. And it yeah, I'm not sure crime. if Wilson Chandler, I'm not sure if Wilson Chandler ever would have been making his way over to the Cavs, but no, Kyle but Korver I is. He is Kyle Korver is uh, in exchange for he's the upgraded version of the they traded out the older model and Mike Dunleavy sent him to Atlanta with first round pick and uh, Mo Williams, which. Who knew Mo Williams is still on the Cavs actually this year? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I'm. I don't think I've seen him play any minutes. I can't remember any anyway. But so yeah, it, it's this is going to be really interesting to see. I mean, everyone's obviously excited for how he's going to fit, given the fact that the Cavs are shooting so many threes, shooting shooting threes at such a high clip already, and then you toss in a dude that, by all accounts, is having kind of a down year. He's still average, or he's still scoring close to 10 points game and he's shooting north of 40% from three. Like dude's going to be fit perfectly with this team. And the the big question I have for, for you, Pete, is what do you think about when J.R. Smith is back and in the playoffs and how all this is going to fit with one another? Um, I think it's, it's going to be just all right. I, uh, I think it just gives them an ability to double down on, on what they're already able to do and you know I, I think jr and i mean with with all, any shooter you have those off nights i mean it just it gives them another weapon it's almost i mean at this point i would almost equate it to a in a baseball ter- reference uh having a bullpen of and in this case lebron's got a bullpen of three-point shooters whoever the hot hands are they can use them on any night and then you know work around everything else so it's uh it doesn't hurt to have more shooting it's just just i mean it's uh interesting trade uh always kind of wondered with like and that's the thing with lebron now is or it's been for a while is like 
you just start listing off great three-point shooters, and you're like, oh, imagine how many points he'd get if he just played with LeBron. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I don't know. I, I, Valid point. I just, <laughs> I keep thinking about game seven of this last year's finals and how in the third quarter, going into halftime, the Cavs are trailing, and third quarter, J.R. Smith hits two threes and a, and a long two, bang, bang, bang. And all of a sudden, you know, they're they cut it. They either tied it or cut it to one or two, and it's a it's a new game. Like instantly swung momentum towards the Cavs, and you. I don't think they're like those two guys aren't going to share the court at the same time. So uh, when it comes are, to crunch are, time, are you sure about that though? I mean, Jr. defensively is was a nice like was a positive on defense, and that's like not something that's always associated with him. And uh, but I mean, couldn't you see a lineup of Kyrie, Jr., Corver, LeBron, and Tristan? Or you put Kevin at the five? To I mean, if you just wanted to really just match your best offense, your best I offensive lineup with Golden State's, uh, I think it just it gives them a lot more versatility. And if there is an injury at some point, I mean, you're not you're still able to play the same. You're not going to have to change your style of play at all. I think that, I think that you can play that lineup against anyone in the Eastern conference. But as soon as you stack that up against the warriors, they're so long, so much more long, not to mention more athletic that that's going to, I don't think that they're going to be a plus lineup against the warriors. Sure. The spacing's great. And you have LeBron James, but I don't think they're going to, they're going to be able to get stops. Right, I mean that's. I mean you're gonna have to pick and choose. I mean, but it, it adds another wrinkle to this matchup. It's kind of, I mean, it's just is a a, a buildup of of arms at this point, and just to to hopefully be ready for the inevitable you know clash of of two two great teams. I mean, I, I want the I want the three peat after this trade. That's I think the first thing, and like I was. And I, I think the only other time I felt it was after the how great the Christmas game was, but just like everyone that is critical of this, oh, it's just going to be Cavs Warriors at the end. Who cares? Like that's awesome. Like that's going to be like I want that to go seven games. I, it was a ton of fun last year, uh, and if there's now just another piece, like another significant NBA player that can add to that, and Corver, I think is. Obviously, is a very good shooter, uh, and just to have that extra weapon for LeBron to be able to use, it, it's going to be that just adds to to the uh, excitement come come June. Sure, and I do. You think based off of this trade, the Warriors need to add another piece, or do you think they just they ride what they have, and they don't have a trade to make? Um. I mean, obviously, I think that there's things they could do to to help, but uh, I just I'm not sure what is going to be out there for them to be able to really move. I think they kind of assembled as many pieces as they could in the off season, uh, but if it's a situation, and I mean, I, I think where they're going to be more of a factor is you even saw with Dunleavy possibly not joining. The uh, Hawks, he was kind of in between until he talked to Budenhoser, but that that factor of uh, 
okay, so if there's a trade, if there's buyout situations, can the Warriors somehow, kind of like what they did with Verizhal last year, do something in that situation? I think that's really the only way they'd be able to add a piece at this point of any significant depth. I don't. I really don't think that they need to make anything. I mean, they're thirty-two and six. If they want to rest guys down the stretch, they can. They have four superstars. Uh, Zaza is, you know, according to the fans, is an all-star. So maybe they have five all-stars. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, it, I don't think it hurt if there's a the right piece or there's something that gets you a different type of look that you want more i mean i don't know I, I i don't i mean i just it depends on what else ends up getting moved and who who may become available but it's just as far as the potential of them acquiring someone i don't see it being like a try i see it being kind of like a a veteran buyout situation and they just pick them up for the minimum and someone just plays with them for the rest of the year to try to get a ring Yeah, I mean, you the the crazy the thing that I think is being lost a little bit out of all this too, and you brought this up before the pot before we started recording is that LeBron has played with so many unbelievable three point shooters since being in the league. I mean, just the fact that he was he is now going to play with both Kyle Korver and Ray Allen before it's all said and done is just mind blowing. And J.R. Smith, obviously, and J.R. Smith. And J.R. Uh, Smith. And, um, oh, who's the other? I was, like, working on a list of them all. But, uh, I mean, he worked with Don, or he, he played with Danielle Marshall. Yeah, Danielle Marshall. No, I've seen Mike Miller. Um, I'm but, I mean, to- Danielle Marshall, before, or before Steph broke the three point record, he was tied for the most in NBA history in a game. You know? It's like, it's right. crazy. No, I mean, in the end, uh, Damon Jones, who's on Cleveland. I mean, I mean, they had like Kevin Love now. Yeah, Kevin Love. I mean, he's. I was trying to just like if the list of prominent three point shooters now that LeBron hasn't played with, like who who could he still at? Like, I mean, if he ends up, you know, I'll say JJ Redick's a free agent at the end of this year. JJ Redick would be one. I don't think you'll ever see him and him and Steph or him and Clay. On the yeah, those team. are the two. It's those like, are the whoa. two big two that he will not have. But like JJ Reddick, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say never. But unless LeBron is just going on his farewell tour and it's kind of lost it and got signed cheap, you know, who knows what'll happen with the Warriors? Uh, I think but, they're a lot to stay together for a few years, but you never know. But I guess too, when you think so, when you think of Steph, do you think of? Like three point shooting right away, or do you just think of like? Well, I don't. I shouldn't. Probably, what is that like? The first thing you think of is just three pointers, like pure yes. shooter. Just three. Yeah, I mean, I he does unbelievable things outside of that, obviously, but yes, shooter, but not specifically like most shooters in the NBA catch and shoot three pointers. Yeah, he, I think of as the best ball in his hands off the dribble three-point shooter i've ever yeah. seen it's not even close. that's but yeah okay no that's that's what i guess that's where i was more leaning towards too and that was about like but just pure like stand in the corner three-point shooters he's not that clay's a little closer to that 
But so like when you look at some of those guys though of like within LeBron's era of you know when he started playing what since he's been in the league I mean he's already got some of the best ones out of the way that he's been able to play with uh it's I mean Ray Allen is is probably up until you know now Steph I mean Ray Allen was one of the most prominent shooters and LeBron got to win a title on due part because of Ray Allen and his ability to make shots. So, no, it's just, like, kind of funny. And I was just trying to think of, like, who's next. So, like, he gets Corver now, and, like, automatically I was like, oh, J.J. would be the, the next guy. Like, get J.J. at some point. Not this year, maybe not next year. I mean, Dunleavy was another one, though. Dunleavy kind of fit the same. It just, I yeah, guess, in, I guess true. I was just going through how many other white shooters can LeBron play with and get some rings for. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there are probably at least going to be a handful more, but who knows, man? It's, uh, I haven't really seen, well, I mean, not to say that LeBron is a unique player is not, <laughs> people not know serious. this, but I'm just saying, I, like, the way he passes the ball is just unbelievable to me. Like his wraparound passes when he gets in the lane and his ability to find guys is just well. And I don't know. It's not. It's not crazy to me that. Uh, I mean, I know that Kyle Korver got traded, but people, shooters are just begging to go play with the guy. It makes their lives yeah. so easy. Well, and on that team, like Korver could be like Korver was maybe the second or third option on most. Is he the first? Sec- it was at worst the third option. Like. On a lot of plays that were on, like he'll be the fourth scoring option. He'll be like the kick out, like what I mean, you know what I mean, like. But his ability to, off Tristan and off even Kevin Love to do some screen action. I, I mean, I don't, Cleveland doesn't do a ton of pick to picker, but like you could do with just Corver being there, it just adds another layer. And I mean, I, I don't think it though it will like kind of going back to the beginning of this, like as far as impacting Jr. I don't know if it necessarily does. I think you, you know, maybe Richard Jefferson's minutes are go down more, you know, than any, I, I just, I wouldn't see it. Like when JR is back and healthy, I think he's, his role is kind of already in place. So. Established. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, uh, it, it depends how he heals too, but last question bef- and then we'll move on Peach. So the best Kyle Corver shot over the course of a season from three Forty nine percent in the fourteen fifteen season. Do you think he could hit that from now and the end of the season with the Cavs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's gonna. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, so so I mean, just like if you go off of the simple thing of you look at how he was scoring, like a lot of the times he and I mean, people are gonna still try to defend him this way. It's gonna be a little harder. Um but in Atlanta, he would literally have a guy like trailing him. They would do these those quick, and he would just literally catch it off a screen and just jump, like, and have a guy literally on his hip as he was shooting. I don't think he's gonna have to score that many baskets that way anymore. I think so. He is gonna, I think, have a lot more open looks, a lot more um, less contest. I mean, like he'll still have contested shots up, but I, I like that I just specifically. I don't see the Cavs needing to run that kind of play as much. And then that was like a big part of Atlanta's thing was to get those and, and get him just that 
inch of uh, extra amount of space so they could he could shoot um so no i i could totally see that though i guess he shoots around 45 percent, but yeah that's probably the real i i want him to shoot fi- almost 50 like let's do it yeah. let's let's move on i want to talk about some i want to talk about some unicorns uh, I want to talk about a few unicorns that we got to watch play twice last week. Yes. Uh, the best of the unicorns. Are there better unicorns outside of maybe Ru- Ru- that, I, we could go that we could talk about that for half an hour. So yeah. let's not even go there. Russ is the other my other favorite unicorn. But these these two are. Uh, that we're about to talk. Yeah, two of my favorite unicorns in all of the land. Uh. So, Giannis and the Bucks played the Knicks twice last week in the span of three days, and uh, they actually split. Uh, the first game being kind of a thriller, a great game between uh, and Giannis, who's really having a great game and hit a game winner, which. I, I don't know if that's his, his first one he's hit, but it had to have been the most high impact in Madison Square Garden, putting the team on his back and t- contested. It's a tough shot, and he just he just willed yeah. to get an open look. Like he was just back, and uh, I'm blanking on who was guarding him, but um, yeah, it's an unbelievable game. And then the next, t- and uh, yep, and. KP had kind of a rough game in this one, and then he well, bounced KP, back and played really well on Friday. And... KP didn't play in uh, in the first game. Oh, okay. And this game, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first game was the Giannis show in MSG, and yeah, as you were saying, like we're able to just ignore that little report that said he was, you know, the five second call that the refs missed for Giannis's game winner, but. <laughs> As yeah. far as yeah, playing no an MSG, yeah. As far as playing an MSG regular season moments, like that's definitely top three of top three games that Giannis has had in his career so far. I I'd say like probably that's number one right now because because it was in New York and just I mean there were people just losing their absolute minds at the stuff. I mean I just think that was kind of a big semi-national exposure for i mean just letting having the new york market see him having performed just like take over that game was and doing all that in in madison square garden coming back from a i think they were down 20 at one i forget what they were down at one point but to come back back, yeah it was uh it was a marquee big time performance for him uh, so yeah, and it was definitely the Giannis, the Giannis show all the way through the first, and then, yeah, the Friday night they played in Milwaukee, and I, so I, if someone else maybe knows this, I'm still need to look this up, but the Milwaukee Bucks just doesn't have anything to do with the two unicorns, but Milwaukee Bucks have been playing a lot of teams like back to backs, like they'll do a home and away this year. They did it with the Bulls, Cavs, the Knicks. Like I don't yeah. know why that is. It, I, I don't well, hate they're it. Not- they're not the only team that is, has done that, but whenever you play the same team back to back, like I hate what it. the what the fuck is that? Like I figure it. it out, NBA. Why? Like out of all the teams you can play, obviously there were conflicts with you know at, other teams have their arenas rented out for other stuff and and this and that to to try to figure this out logistically. But you, there has to be a better way. A team should not have to play another team 
twice in the span of a few days. And I think the the Bucks may have played the Bulls, like you said, they may have played two nights in a row. They at did. Some point. No, they did. They did a. They. I know that they did for the Bulls and the Cavs. They played a home and away back check. And like I, I'm okay with like a. That's like a real short thing. I just wasn't. It was just the Bucks specifically. Like I, this is like their third or fourth time they've already done it before the All Star break. I just didn't know if there was something specific with the Bucks and like their scheduling and like who just how it worked out where they were the ones that did that. Or, I mean, I just I was interested. I just it was like a weird, dumb scheduling thing I saw. But digress to the actual game. So Kristaps did play in the Friday night game and. Uh, there was, and this is what I was hoping was going to be on the, when they played on Wednesday, but some really cool Giannis versus Kristaps moments. And there's just some really fun sequences of those two just guarding each other, playing on each other. Um, and it was just like, uh, just the, the best, just the best. Hopefully it's something that we're going to see for a long time, but yeah, I, uh, you know, the only so here's kind of looking long term here. I'm not confident that the Knicks are going to be a team that's in the top half of the Eastern Conference consistently. And I think the Bucks are on their way there. I think that, yeah, you know, the Raptors are built for to be good for a while. And the Cavs are and the Celtics certainly have the assets. And, you know, they have some really good players on the team now, too, to really be up there. But the Bucks. Just given their how young their talent is, uh, they're scary. And the yeah. Knicks, like, can we please just get a good Knicks team and we can see these two dudes battle it out? Because it'd be great to be able to see this for the next decade in the NBA. It's just I'm a little afraid that, you know, at some point KP is going to be the guy yeah. in New well, York. And yep. so if, they, if they're a bad team fingers are going to go pointing at him before anybody else. And that's just not fair because the dude just, he, he can do some awesome things on the basketball court, but he doesn't have the ball in his hands enough. And I don't think he'll ever be at a point. So he can be like a point forward and be, you know, dishing it out to other teams. He can pass it. Well, pass it well out of the post, but I just hope um, the Knicks can be good. I guess that a long, very long winded way of saying, I really hope the Knicks can be good so that they can battle the box. Yeah, I and well, other. I mean, if you just do a comparison of the two teams, the Bucks have clearly started that they, they have a definite plan. They've they're building around Giannis, and as you said, uh, which is quite true, the Knicks are not there yet. They're not building around Kristaps. They're not using all of Kristaps, and I think that's the and, and Kristaps is only his second year. Giannis uh, now into his four. I mean, so Giannis is a couple years ahead of him, a little more developed. Uh, farther along in his career by a few years, but I think it's just that turning point too, where you see with Giannis this year, especially and we've talked about. It, I'm going to continue to mm-hmm. talk about just the the flip where they just said, "All right, dude, this is your team. Like we're going to maximize all of your abilities, and now let's see what we need to do to build around you um, because you can do so many different things, and you're uh, far and away like the impact he has on a game is." It's staggering. I mean, he at points, it looks like he's playing against children and some just like his ability to be in different places, his quickness, his size. Like he just seems like he's everywhere on the court. 
Uh, and the only other person I can think of like that and far smaller per- is like Russell. You know, LeBron is like that in the playoffs. And that is what, but like just in regular season games this year, like those two dudes, there's every, like every, wherever the ball is, Giannis is, is right there. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. But the one sequence I want to talk about with Kristaps and Giannis, that was just pure, just unicorn basketball porn was the uh the part where there's a there's a and it was a bad it wasn't like for being a Giannis being my boy it was like Giannis went up for a bat got blocked by Chris Stops. he got like three rebounds got blocked by Chris Stops twice uh but just like that sequence of him going up and like his continuously fighting trying to get the ball and Chris Stops being there and it was just like a, a clash of of two just Awesome, awesome basketball force. It was just a really like fun little thing. You have Kristaps pulling up, hitting a big three on Giannis. Mm. Uh, I mean, Kristaps definitely kind of won the fourth quarter on Giannis, uh, just with the moments and the the game being close and kind of in the clutch. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I don't. I just. I was pretty giddy about that. Like that was like one of my favorite. One of the things that stuck out most was just the Giannis. Giannis and Kristaps, but yeah, just the Bucks Knicks thing, like you're saying, was was a lot of fun to watch over the last week. So let's let's go back to the Knicks as a whole here, and I want like we haven't done we haven't done a super team power rankings for a while. We have not. I think mm. we only done one, and I had the Knicks at number one, and they they're no longer the number one super team. Really. Yeah, well, the problem is Ultra. And I, I went back, kind of looked up the definition of a super team. Uh, one of the biggest keys to the super team is that you have to have all the members of said super team at the game for for the game with you know with the team. If a member, you know, let's just say were to go missing and you weren't able to find that said player, the super team kind of has trouble being a super team. I mean, if one of the Power Rangers is out of the mix, like they kind of have some trouble. Uh, getting their there's their zords up and you know forming that ultra robot they're all individual robots you you're know? getting me really excited to watch the new <laughs> movie yeah. that's coming out Although, yeah kind of i but used I mean, to be a yeah, big I mean, is, uh, power ranger fan but is uh the justice league uh the justice league if uh batman superman one someone's missing in action no they're just just batman and superman or you know whatever the I, case may be uh so I, 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 see, for that reason, you kind of see my logic. I, I see your logic. So that's and why I, the, uh, <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. I this this Knicks experimentation on. All right, we're going to sign all these vets and we're going to throw Joe Kim Noah together with D Rose. And maybe that will rejuvenize his career. And Derek Rose just having a dip being in a different setting. Hopefully that can get him going. Wow, this just went south in a hurry. I mean, this has really been the season for hell for them outside of, knock on wood, KP getting hurt or Mello getting hurt. Uh, I wish that on anybody, but damn, this has been bad. I mean, Joe Kim being banged up off and on all year. Uh, Derek Rose not coming to this game. Like, I... It, you know, he said that he had a family member to attend to and didn't want to answer his phone when he got contacted. And uh, I'm sure at some point we will probably, you know, 
with the internet now, someone saw this dude. Someone's going to spill the beans eventually. I'm interested to hear what exactly happened. Uh, even if this is an awful thing that happened to Derek, like send somebody a text. You ha- like you know yeah. Phil Jack. He has Phil Jackson's number. You know he has his head coach's number. And if he doesn't, he definitely has the number of the players on his team. And it was just uh, I'm worried that that guy is just like going to be out of the NBA soon. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's. I mean, so with the Knicks part, just like the Knicks piece, I'm not very surprised because two of these integral pieces are former Chicago Bulls, and like this is like like Joakim. Joakim hasn't been himself in three years now. I mean, he's got bone on bone. Like those knees are done. He's done. The fact that Knicks gave him a lot of money was just like that's an instant bad signing. Uh, I don't know why me being a bum on my couch can know that and Phil Jackson doesn't. Um, but like the Derrick Rose piece in and of itself is, and we've got a lot of Derrick Rose opinions, but just consolidate into this. Like Derrick is a weird dude. We've talked about he just says ridiculous shit uh, and hence making a super team power rankings possible. Thanks, Derrick. But yeah, this whole thing is just like a very kind of selfish. I, I do want to say it's selfish in a way because one, you look at it like people were legit concerned. Like the first thing is like Derrick Rose is gone. Like as in the game, no one knows where he's at. Like my first thing was like, damn, I hope like everything is okay. I hope he is okay. Like it's concerning if you're like team of the team does not know where you're at. Like it's one thing if it's like he's not here. We're not gonna like disclose anything till after the game, but he is okay. Like no one knew if he was okay. Um and just to do that, you find out he's in Chicago, um, attending to a family issue. Whatever that issue is, like, yeah, that stuff happens, that's kind of part of life, but you have to let someone know. Like and you know, it, it's as simple as if you can't talk, you know, whatever it is, he's emotionally sending you the space, send a text or like an have email. Someone- Snapchat. Have someone or have someone else send it to like have your agent just text from your phone like, hey, I have to go back to Chicago. Like as something I'll, I'll talk to you when I can. Like family issue happened, I can't be at the game. But like that was like the the first thing, and you're like he was was upset that he was benched on the fourth, even though he really wasn't. But it was like he was upset that he wasn't playing in the fourth, and that. Hornacek used Ron Baker in the fourth over wow. him and wasn't necessarily, isn't evidently a fan of Jeff Hornacek. Uh, kind of. I mean, there's like some issues there. So you're just like in, in this dude and just everything he's been through, you're just like wondering where his head is at. And so this kind of thing is just, it's kind of, it's, I mean, it's a pretty big red flag. Uh, pretty surprised he was only fine there's no suspension that came of it but at the same time like Derek is really kind of I would say use the word devolved into this very selfish uh, very much so focused on his his money like he's all about that next contract and I think anything that's going against him maximizing his value there he's he's going to be against at this point and I Unfortunately, I, I think a lot of the, the characteristics and, and things that these people in Chicago that were critical of him, like a lot of those things they were saying about him, 
ended up becoming more true than I think they were. And he's kind of embodying some of that more and more um, than I think he originally was. And I mean, it's a lot of it's because of those injuries. And I think he was, maybe I've said, but it's like that dude was literally only wants to play basketball. He didn't care about anything else. Like, and that was his thing was, I want to play basketball. I like basketball. Basketball is fun. I'm good at basketball, 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 basketball. And that's all like, and he was, he's been very sheltered and, is very naive, I think, to anything that doesn't involve Derek playing basketball. And you see these kind of things like this come up. And it's it's unfortunate and it's not a good look. And uh it's just it's very bizarre. It's a very bizarre thing uh to to have go down in an NBA team. I could see him being a king next year. Oh, oh, that was that's on my yeah. I thought that was gonna be if he had stayed with the Bulls, I was like, oh, he's gonna be a king. He'll be <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah, you're <laughs> that's on the, the short list. Yeah, as far as teams that could pay him, oh, absolutely. But yeah, it's uh, so go, going back to the fact that well, the the Knicks can't be the number one super team in the NBA if they. Don't even don't even have their guy with them. The guy that said that they were a super team, the first, you know, D Rose was the one back in the offseason saying they're a super team. And that's uh that's kind of shocking because I don't know if this is the low point in the season for the Warriors. I mean, they're still first in the Western Conference. They'd be doing all right. But what? Oh, I just want before we before we leave the Knicks really quick, I also just wanted to say, like what the fuck, Phil Jackson, for, like, not saying anything? Like, he's been, like, MIA, like, hasn't been around for five weeks. Like, he, the fact that he is not, wasn't out, like, in front of the media last night with this whole thing and, like, addressing it. I felt bad for for Jeff Hornacek. Like, he shouldn't really be answering those questions of where they're 20, you know, they're $22 million they're start, they're starting point cards at. Like, that's... I feel bad for Jeff Hornacek for more lot of things yeah. yeah but like that's bullshit I, would, I really hope at some point he gets in with a good organization in the nba i think it's a good coach he's showed i like him he'll do some really nice stuff with the suns but yeah it's uh just bad ownership the knicks have been a disaster really since i can remember man like since i don't remember alive, time. yeah yes they haven't been good uh it's so weird outside that, like, of patrick Ewing. It's Outside so bizarre to me too. I was talking to a mutual friend of ours this weekend about Madison Square Garden and how this is like this is such a huge like players go there wanting to like get going because they're in New York City. They're gonna they're like against the, Knicks. the Knicks. You know, we're playing the Knicks. We're like this is where I really gotta bring it. And I don't even like why. I mean, at this point, is it even a big deal? Cause sure, you the the stadium's gonna pack get be packed. You're going to be able to like go out and like be there. You're going to be celebrities courtside, but outside of that, who gives a shit? The Knicks are terrible. But well, enough Knicks talk. Let's talk about the number one, the number one in the power rankings, super team power rankings, and that's Golden State Warriors. And they didn't uh, do much to really earn it. It's more the Knicks did what the Knicks were going to do, and they hurt. They got pegged down. But um, yeah, those the Warriors. Uh, another puzzling thing in the world of super teams is how did the Knicks or how did the Warriors lose to the Grizzlies? Do you know the answer, Ultra? Because if you watch three quarters of that game 
and you told me before the fourth quarter started, hey, you bet how much you want to bet. Like, I will take the Grizzlies. Name the dollar amount. Name whatever it is. Like, you can have the Warriors. I would have put a lot of money on there, and I already lost a lot of money this weekend on football. <laughs> like, Let's not talk about that. Yeah, but, but yeah, I I don't have a good I don't have a good. There's no good explanation as to why you blow twenty eight. You blow a twenty eight point lead, or not? Like I think they, they were up on even. Yeah, they, they got outscored by, by twenty eight in the fourth in overtime. They were um, up by like twenty. Yeah. The best explanation I can have is that the Warriors are. They got a little bit of the they they were a little cold from three. They turned the ball over a little bit. They uh, like these teams have a history because a few years ago, uh, when the Warriors ended up winning the NBA championship against the Cavs, they played Memphis in either round one or round two. I forget which, and they won in six games, but they were down o two against them. And then they realized, oh, we can just let Tony Allen do anything he wants, and offensively, yeah. Uh, offensively, we can uh, try to get him switched off of our stars and take advantage of him that way. And they ended up winning the next four games. Well, uh, even last year, the the Grizzlies come against the Warriors to play the area game. They kicked the shit out of the Warriors one time earlier this season. Um, yeah, they're, oh, they're the, two and zero oh against them. I, th- I believe they're two and one, but I could be oh, wrong. They've played a th- okay. Well, the last two, they've yeah, they beat them in yeah, Memphis like they, a week and a half ago. Yeah, but they they've won they've won beat them twice now. They're just not intimidated by them. They play a completely different style of basketball, although it is becoming more three point friendly now that Mark Gasol is shooting threes. Zebo uh, and Mike threes. Zebo hit went one for one in this game from three, and yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Mike Conley being back. You know, I mean that's really the big difference to me. At twenty seven and twelve in this game, Steph had forty. But the rest of the the rest of the Warriors just didn't really show up, and they just played shit defense. Like that's yeah. about it. Well, I mean, I think Draymond, like Zach Randolph, is a tough matchup for Draymond Green. Like that's that's part of it. Um, you know, when you're playing Zaza thirty minutes, that's a problem. Yeah, I um, I mean, I think it was a combo, and I'm still trying to like figure out what the like. There's a term for this like moment warriors game but it's like they just get to this uh it kind of seems like this for every warriors game i'll try to do my best to explain but there's like it is as if they are going up on a roller coaster and they're building up they're built like it's just they're making all these threes the oracle is just feeling it and then they just need to get to that tip and it's like all right at this this critical point do they continue? And then it's just like down here, it's just a thrill. Like game's over, the team quits. They just put on this show. Or there's like this teetering point where they try and make that one pass that maybe is a little too, that window is maybe a little too tight. They just try to, and it's just like offensively or they'll just defensively, they'll just get a little too cute with some things. And all of a sudden it just kind of, the floor drops underneath and they come crashing back and this other team can make these runs. And it's, I, it's, I guess this is overconfident, just kind of thing that ha- and it happened to them against Cleveland. It happened in this it definitely ha- happened in this, this Grizzlies game, but it's just, is 
these slight moment where all of a sudden, and Steve Kerr was doing kind of something which I was like to combat this because it's, it's not just this year. It's been since this Warriors thing has been going. And since Steve Kerr was there, even he's like the careless turnovers has been his biggest pet peeve with this team. And like when they won their first champ, when they won the first championship, it was like he spent a whole time doing all these basic fundamental drills beneath them it was like you guys just don't do the do all these extraordinary things but the simple little things you forget to do and just don't do them well sometimes and yeah you have these like moments and that's like was a big part of this was just this like careless carefree kind of just they're too good they're almost too good for their own good if that is a sentence you can put together um, they're, don't, they're too good for their own good type of thing. That's how I want to say it. And the fact that they only made their first field goal they made in that game in the fourth quarter was like with five minutes left. Like they just shot the ball terrible in the fourth. Yeah, you can't go seven minutes in a game without making a bucket and expect to win. But something I want to talk to you about regarding the Warriors, and I think that it might be a problem and it might get more attention at some point this season or during the playoffs, or I'm not sure, but Andre Iguodala has not been himself this uh, year. Yeah. He's not playing huge minutes. I get it. I think they're trying to keep the guy fresh for the playoffs because they know that they're going to use him against LeBron a ton when they inevitably play them in the finals. Yeah. But the guy's shooting 31% from three last season, the Cavs played great defense really focused on being able to rotate extremely fast to be able to prevent all of the shooting options the Warriors have from getting open looks from three, which gave them fits in the last couple games of the series. But the reason that that worked was because they could let Harrison Barnes shoot open threes and he didn't hurt them. If Harrison Barnes shoots 40% from three, that doesn't even go seven games. It's not happening. And I think that Andre Iguodala is going to be that guy this season. Like, Harrison Barnes, by all accounts, like I don't want to compare the way that Harrison Barnes has been playing this season because we're talking about how this fit last season. But I really think Iggy is going to be going to be a problem. And if you're not playing Iggy, then you're bringing in Ian Clark, and he's going to hurt you on defense. And like, I just think that this could be this could be a thing. This could definitely be uh, um, something, something the Cavs the Cavs can take advantage of, and just teams in the West in general can take advantage of. Yeah, I – but on this team, I guess my counter is like – and you kind of what did, did mention this too. It's like I don't know if Iggy's impact is necessarily all going to be on numbers, and I think a lot of it is defensively, uh, some of the things. Because he's never really – I mean, if you – he, he was the MVP two seasons ago. Yeah, but that's – I'm MVP. saying like regular season. Right. No, no, no. But I'm saying like regular season, I – He's never been a guy that's really lit it up in the regular season. Like he'll have his, his game or two here. Like he's had those, but I don't think he needs those on this team. And yeah, I think it's just more them probably trying to save him and, and have him be ready to go for for the playoffs. That's when they need his biggest minutes. And um, I mean, the shooting is down. I, I mean, that's and that's. But I've never considered Andre Iguodala a great shooter, like something that you should be banking on Iggy being. No, I mean, he's shoot. he scored 13 points a game. But I'm just saying, if you're th- shooting 31 percent from three, 
and you're shooting less than 60% from the line like he has been this season. Uh, I just don't, I think that, you know, when you're playing against a great team in the playoffs, you look for the weakness and you try to exploit it. And so on defense, I think the Cavs and other teams in the Western Conference, like the Spurs, the Rockets, Clippers, whoever, are just going to look to for Iggy to beat them. And right. the thing is, the Warriors are going to overcome this. I, I'm not saying that the Cavs are going to win because of this. I'm not saying that the Warriors are are inevitably have no chance of being in the finals or winning the finals. But um, Iggy has not played great. And so, this death lineup that was a huge thing and a huge topic of conversation last year, he was part of that. And he's still a good passer. And he can still help out defensively. But offensively, he is he is declined. He is declining right now. So, and I was just, I mean, so the two years before this, he was shooting, yeah, right, right, like 35% in the regular season. Um, But then you go to his playoff numbers and even like just that shooting, just a key in on that. I mean, he was right, shot 35% in 14 and 15, year they won. And then last year's playoff, he shot 38%. Uh, so I, and like minute wise, I mean, yeah, it's, it's something to definitely look at. It's a good thing to definitely bring up and look at. I just don't like that's, I think maybe issue three for them. I think for regular season, like I don't see it being much of a factor for the regular season, but yeah, you want him to be get going and, and playing well and have the legs for, for when it's the playoff time. Right. Yeah, I. Uh, we'll see, man. There is. We'll see. I mean, that team I, is so good. It's like, yeah, these things are just like we're critiquing, and it's like just to say because it, it's not. It's not fun to be like, oh, this team is perfect, but like, you know, what I mean, like it makes sense to. If there were areas they, of concern, that's definitely one of them. But it's like it, a lot of this kind of reminds me of. Even this year with like the Cubs, like some of the <laughs> the yeah. interesting, like crazy criticism that came out with that stuff. Like you're talking about your long relief pitcher. Like, oh, all right, that's fine, but I don't know if it matters in the playoffs. And, yeah. But I mean with Iggy, it's like the age. That's the one the one thing with him that you don't have with any of these other guys right now is like when does his decline start to kind of happen because he's been a huge you know he's a pivotal part of this core since he's been on the team yep yep all right pj i want to let's move on and i'm gonna i want to play a little game all right it's a which of these things is not like the other all right blake griffin john wall kyrie irving (laughs) anthony davis Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh. Which of these things is not like the other? I believe the category may be number one picks that are not on a team. Or, and that would be Anthony Bennett. Ding, 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 ding. What's Anthony my prize? Bennett What's was, my prize? Uh, your prize is uh, the next time that you want to throw a bet down on something I disagree with. I'll agree with you, even... If I well with our two other friends we make bets with, I will go in on on your side no matter what. How about that? I thought you were going to tell me my prize is that you'll tell me not to make a stupid bet again. 
I can do that too. Uh, how, I can I can do that too. I'll one of each. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Ooh. so Anthony Bennett. Um, sad story, man. I remember watching that draft and have. I mean, it was thinking it was a dumb pick at the time. Surpri- yeah, a surprise to everyone that he was that he would go number one. But he was projected top ten by everybody. So the fact that he is now. Who knows if he's going to get another shot with a team? I think he's probably bound for Europe or maybe to the D League. Who knows? But he's a career five point five points a game, three rebounds a game. Never really could transition. He's kind of a weird size tweener between a power forward and a center, but not much of a touch. Um, man, it's just crazy to think that he's out of the league now. Yeah. Um... I mean, yeah, he went from – yeah, he hasn't been on a team for more than, you know, a year. He's 20, 23 years old. Uh, yeah, I, I I think – I don't know if he's, like, done, done. It's like I just don't really know how. And he's kind of like the one of the perfect examples of uh, NBA reclamation projects that I love to think about is of these guys. And, I, I mean – there had to be a reason that they drafted him. It didn't make any, a damn bit of sense when they took him number one overall uh, in that draft. I was uh, very confused by that, and so was everyone. Like, why Cleveland did that? But I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's. But he's never been. But he was also like they did that, and then it was like, I don't think anyone like. I don't know if he really had the weight of being a number one pick on his shoulders quite like other number one picks have had. Greg too. Oden. Because it's Greg Oden, Kevin Durant. No. And this one, they're just was Greg not Oden, a clear number one. Right, but I'm saying the actual, like, the gravitas and, like, the pressure and the this franchise is, like, hanging on your shoulders type thing. Like, I don't think Anthony – I mean, because the team you get that with is – Cleveland, but he got traded from them, and they got Kevin Love, and then like he just bounced around from that point. Uh, you know, what I mean? like Greg Oden had the pressure of being like, "We want you, like you're the savior of the strand, like you're we're drafting you and trusting you to help turn us around." That type, like Anthony Bennett, never had that at all in his career. So, like from that perspective, it was it just might be the guy's not good. Like that's kind of where I was. Well, I mean, that is what how it ended up happening. I just it's just weird for me to think back on that night. And I was like, look at right, the draft. Oladipo is the guy for me. I was like, this guy is at least going to be something for your team. He's not going to be a number one pick quality of player, I don't think. But like take him. And if you're not going to take him, take a chance on Nerlens Noel because the dude's an unbelievable defensive talent and could it be the anchor of your team? Uh, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen to him. He's in so many different trade conversations at this point. It's, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, and then Otto Porter turns into a nice piece for the Wizards. Cody Zeller turned out to be pretty good for the Bobcats. I mean, he's a nice rotational player. Um, but still, number four overall. Like, that's – I think Dwayne Wade was drafted, like, fourth overall. Mm. Yeah, I – no, I don't know. If, uh, anyway, <laughs> neither but, here nor there. I'm just saying. Well, you know like, who else is in that draft? draft. You, know, you know who no. else is in that draft? Though? Yeah, Giannis, my guy. Fifteen. Number fifteen. Talk about a steal. 
Uh, so Rudy Gobert. Yeah, and Rudy Gobert was 27. God, what a shit draft, though. My goodness. No, nah, this is like, this is bad. Like, this is like, you still like want to go shit drafts. So it's like, it's the 2000, was it, was it 2001 or two? What's the Kenyon Martin draft? That's the still the oh, yeah. granddaddy yeah. of them all when it comes to shitty draft classes. Like, yeah, this is like, that's true. you've got some all stars in here. You just, Steven Adams is on here. Like, literally, like, I would. Yeah, there's literally like every like you kind of go down this list like everyone's still in the league like he's gonna be the first one and he was the no yeah man I and it's yeah it's it's pretty interesting like if he was drafted at like where Giannis was at 15 do you think he's still like maybe in the league I don't like just no. bouncing around you don't think he's bouncing around a bench I don't get all right I still don't get why you would drop that I mean that dude. Especially if you're the the Nets. I mean, I just don't know if they're developing. I mean, like I said, again, the guy could just be terrible. But I just feel like someone to just like keep him in their building for two years and just see, like, give him a minimum contract. Like, but like, I like it would be cool if this he came out and was like ended up being like the second Hassan Whiteside as far as like done and out completely comes back type. And it's not this, exactly the same, but. I don't know. Like, I just, I don't get the, of all the NBA roster spots and all that, like some of the other dudes that are hanging around the league. The guy's 23. I don't, I mean. Maybe he'll get another shot, man. Who knows? But let's, uh, let's go to our in and outs, man. All right. You want to go first? I'll go first. I think you usually do. So I'll take a turn. So I am. I'm all in on Clemson and Bama just being in the national championship game every year. The last two seasons have been two of the best games I can remember. Uh, I can They're not as good as the USC-Texas game, but like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and then I'm 100% out on the month of January. It's a bad it month. It is my least favorite month. It's so cold. It's so long. It's so snowy. I just stupid I, I can't wait to get out of this month. Yeah, it's a stupid, stupid month. I don't like January either. And yeah, that game last night was pretty awesome despite, yeah, man. I'm just going to look back at that game and all I'm going to say is like, what if Bo Scarborough didn't hurt his leg? Uh, oh, dude. I mean, I think they win. I think Bama wins. Yep. yep. That's that's how I'm going to remember that game, only because I had money on it. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was cool. It was definitely a good one. Uh, yeah, I saw some people saying it was better than USC Texas, and those people I say, screw you, because that's the greatest football game ever. I love that game. But my ultra, my in and outs of the week. So this was tough. I have a lot of ins. I might push some of my ins to next week because I'm in on a lot of things right now. But this was just really dope. But really in on Donald Glover's Golden Globes and the fact that him in the show Atlanta, which if you haven't seen, definitely see. It's awesome. Mm. One of my favorite shows that came out this year. If you're out on that, I don't want to talk to you because Atlanta was awesome. Donald Glover's album, great year for Donald Glover. Did a lot. Super talented guy. But then in his speech, he gave a nice shout-out to Migos. 
and that was super cool. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, even better than in just the Migos bad and bougie thing was then in like a post award ceremony interview, he gets a question and like one of the reporter goes, so what was the reasoning for the Migos? And he was like super nice. And this is like, no, it's actually my Migos and kind of talks about it. But Donald Glover's a dope dude. And that was a dope kind of thing that happened on Sunday. Well, that, that, that show deserved to get recognized because it was crazy. Yeah, it's like, awesome. It was an awesome, awesome if show. If you haven't watched Atlanta, that's like, I don't know. It's probably on the FX Now app. Like, go check yeah, it out. out there. Just get start. Watch Atlanta. Don't, don't listen to this podcast until you watch Atlanta. No, 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 no. You can, uh, you can listen to dude, the podcast. Do it both. Do simultaneously. Uh, what I'm out on, going back to the national championship, I'm out on uh, big-armed referees not named Ed Hockley. Whoever that guy was last night. Uh, yeah, I was thinking the whole time, cool. like, that dude's been doing some curls. That guy can kiss my ass. There's only one big-armed referee. His name's Ed Hockley. I only need one big-armed referee in my life. I only need one big-armed referee giving me long explanations and eating up way too much time in my damn football game. Mr. Big-Arm Referee, I forget his name. I know he's a Big 12 official. Kiss my ass. He That dude, like, took over, was feeling himself, was doing probably twenty five extra 25,000 extra push-ups over the week to get ready for this big game. That dude was on the television way too much with all those stupid, stupid ass reviews of stupid ass plays that were clearly what they were on the field. Like wow. that Mike Williams thing. It was annoying. And it was, I didn't go to bed till 1130. I'm screaming. The, officiating, this the so, officiating was not great. That wannabe Ed Hockley guy can kiss my ass. Also, there's only can one we talk, for me. Can we talk about how stupid the last play of the game was? Like, why do we need to review this for That's 10 minutes? That's what I'm saying. That's what I, that dude was. But it was like for all those, like, there's the Mike, there was the Mike Williams catch. It was clearly a freaking catch. Like, I don't know what the hell, like, who was like, oh, that's not a catch. Like, it takes two seconds. Spending five minutes. Like, the reviews all, it's like super long. I, and everyone, a lot of people, I, like, this is not new. Like, a lot of people were saying, like, this, these, there's so many stupid calls, too many reviews. So, like, this dude was hamming it up, trying to, Soak up all his airtime, and I tell him, "Listen, man, I don't know who you think you are, but there's <laughs> no one replacing Ed Hockley. Don't well, cry, damn it. Let's just keep our fingers crossed so we don't have to watch that dude officiate any big games next year. But uh, well, we're we're nearing the end here, PJ. Uh, you have much going on this week. Are you gonna gonna try to catch a Bulls game in person soon here? Or? Ooh, I don't know. I'm uh. We're we're not sure what's going on with the uh, with the Bulls Ultra. We've got well after you talk shit on them, Jimmy Butler. I think listened to the pod and decided to get it going. Jimmy, Jimmy, and I be all right. I am. I do have to say, I'm sick. The Bulls are all sick right now. I did want to mention this because I got to take one little. And I did mention this. So the Bulls played the Cavs last Wednesday. And LeBron was not was sick. Kyrie was out sick. The, the Cavs had a bug. And I specifically, right before that game and LeBron played, I said, keep Jimmy the hell away from him. Do not let him guard him because he's going to get sick. Jimmy got was sick last night. He played only 28 minutes, only scored a point. Uh, was struggling, sick tonight, can't play tonight. 
Nikola Mirotic, I'm not sure if he played, but he's sick. Oh, damn, Cleveland team got the Bulls sick, and I knew it. Germs are gross. Think, wash your hands. Do, don't get do sick. You, I, I got sick because other people – yeah, just don't get people sick. Do you think that LeBron decided to play just so that he could get them sick? Maybe. Listen here. If something is – I, I mean, like, if something is – get if LeBron is sick – Whatever that super virus is, you want to stay the hell away from it. Because if LeBron is sick from it, that is not like an ordinary. Like if I got that, you got that, we might be dead from whatever the virus is. Like that's true. That dude spent so much money on his body and being healthy. Like yeah, that's yeah. right. You're right. Good point. I, I, if LeBron James is sick, I want him like quarantined because if there's something that is a disease out there that's getting him sick. It is for damn sure going to get anyone else sick around him. That dude is a, literally a physical specimen. He doesn't miss a damn game in ever. Like, if he's sick from a yeah. bug, like, I don't want that. No. Surprised I'm probably sick from LeBron. That's how potent that, that bug was. It somehow <laughs> spread throughout Chicago. Half Chicago's sick because of the LeBron bug. The LeBron bug or the Lebr- LeBron plague? All of the above. I don't know what it is yet. He's already. I, think I, f- I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the pod too, but I did see the T Wolves play this past weekend, and uh, they they pulled a a two. And actually, I didn't see last night if they outscored the Mavs in the third, but they outscored both the Wizards and the Jazz in the third quarter. So props to them. Unfortunately, fell in both games, and the the Jazz game I went to was just a fucking heartbreaker. Good yeah. lord. Yeah, that was um, not a. That was tough. Like, it was a good ending, and they had a chance to tie it or win, and it was just, ah, uh, it was rough. But I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, hopefully, they can get some W's down the road here. Yeah. But um, the only other, I did have one more thing for you. I didn't know where to, right. to, to say this, but uh, your boy, uh, you, I, your boy, I, my team, my fantasy basketball team gave you a little shot this last week to uh, try to take down the king. I had a lot of I had a lot of day to days. My guys missing some games last week, and we still pulled out the wind. Uh, now we're, we're sitting at a, big rings. Is sitting at eleven and zero. I'm basketball. I'm bitter about fancy basketball. I don't want to talk about it. But yes, you're you're kicking ass at it. And uh, turns out, having Anthony Davis and the Greek Freak it would be a wise decision on everyone's part. So anyway, yep. uh, let's close up shop. <laughs> Uh, Let's close up please, <laughs> please uh, check out our website, the.4nba.com. The check out our Twitter account at the point forward or PJ or my Twitter accounts at Foolish Kilo or at Ultra Jacobs. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, we also are available to download on iTunes and Stitcher. So leave us a review if you have time and you like what we're doing. But um, PJ, I had hey, fun. Ultra. Hey, Ultra, stay golden, baby. I'll try, I'll try, dude. But yeah, have a great week for everybody, and uh, we'll come out with a pod soon here. <laughs>